Welcome to Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. It's the classic Jesus music radio show. It's a look back at where it all began. This is Full Circle, looking back at the beginnings of today's contemporary Christian music. Now, here's your host, Jerry Bryant. everybody, this is Jerry Bryant. Welcome to Full Circle, where I'm taking you back 
to where it all began. I started this episode with Phil Kagey and full-circled the song that I adopted, with his kind permission, as the name for our show. Phil recorded the song on the 1981 album, Town to Town. Now, on this episode, I'll continue my interview with this legendary Jesus music veteran as I explore his music, memories, and message. Now, if you missed the first part, you can go to my website at www.fullcirclejesusmusic.com. That's fullcirclejesusmusic.com. And check it out in the archives. Of course, you can also download it onto your MP3 player from the iTunes Store, and it's free. Phil originally wrote this song in 1977 for Nedra Ross, who was one of the Ronettes. They were a popular girl group in the 1960s who had numerous hits in the top 40. Now that's the basics, but well, here's Phil to tell us more about the song. This is Full Circle. I wrote that song back in 1975, I believe. I was initially thinking of writing the song for Nedra Ross and for her coming full circle from the days of the Ronettes in the early rock and roll days. And she was one of the three Ronettes, uh, Scott Ross. Her husband asked me if I could help out with Nedra's album that, that he was uh, hoping to produce, and we did it. We got a, a good rhythm section, ended up going into the studio in Chicago around 1977 and recorded Nedra's album. You know, at that time, I had written the song as an acoustic song, and I was playing it out on tour with my band. And then we went in the studio and put it down, and, and, and the times that we lived in, uh, disco was pretty popular. And I, I guess the way the rhythm section felt the song was more kind of disco-esque. <laughs> so the album came out, and uh, people were very delighted with Nedra's album. Many people enjoyed it, and I believe it was on the radio across the country. The title of her album was Full Circle, so that was pretty cool. And then in 1981, I recorded an album called Town to Town, and Full Circle appeared on that album, and it was more like I had initially envisioned the song to be. So when you look at the lyrics and you, you listen to it, you hear words like, looking back, I can say, I'm glad I've come this way. There's no doubt that I've got more than I've ever had before. Uh, and of course, we know that means knowing Jesus, not just fame and success. Yeah, I did write that song with Nedra in mind with her career. And then, especially with the verse that says, uh, I could hear our records play around the world and in the States. Uh, I think when I sing that song, I always sing, I could hear your records play around the world and in the States. Uh, but now, I know some of my music has made it across the earth. I can sing that now. Anyway, I think it's a fun song. People seem to still enjoy listening to it, and I enjoy playing it once in a while. Also, speaking of the song Full Circle, I'm very happy that Jerry Bryant and the Full Circle radio program has been able to use that title as their theme, and that's fantastic. I just want to encourage Jerry to keep on doing what he does. He ministers to so many people through this program, and you know, just going back the archives of uh, all those Full Circle shows. Thanks, Jerry, for reminding us of our roots through this music. Now in 1982, Phil began to work on an album called Play Through Me, which begins with a slide guitar instrumental workout entitled Happy, 
He would also begin many of his shows with this song during the tour in support of the album. Pharrell Williams wasn't the first person to have a catchy song with this title. But the song from this album I want to feature is the one called She Came to Stay. I asked Phil if he could shed some light on how he came to write that song in the first place. I was about to record an album uh, called Play Through Me. I went on a trip one of my concert weekends, and I said to Brenda, I said, I got a new song I'm going to write to you when I get back. And then I was waiting for my bags at, at the baggage claim. I go, oh my gosh, I didn't write that song. I was going to give that song to her when I got home. So I started writing lyrics at the, at the baggage claim, and uh, that got me started. And I went home, and I wrote the song, I think, that evening, and gave it to her really quickly. She came to stay. And everything I sing in that song is absolutely true. She, uh, she's been the most loving, consistent friend a man could ever ask for. I tell you what, she's been a great wife and a lovely companion. I'm very blessed, very honored that God would give me such a woman to be my wife. And so, and she did. She came to stay and she's always been by my side. Still it seems 
This is Jerry Bryant with my special guest, Bill Kagi, discussing some of the songs he's done over the years. In 1983, Bill decided to do an album in which he played all the instruments much in the same way he had done 10 years earlier with his debut album called What a Day. The name of the album was called Underground because he recorded it in the basement of his home in Leewood, Kansas using a TAC-144 Porta Studio instead of a professional multi-track recording studio. Now, these songs were never really intended for an official release. They were just demo tracks that came off so well that Bill decided to release them with very little post-production. From the album appropriately entitled Underground, here's Phil Kagi with a catchy little number called What a Love. And coming up, a duet with Phil and one of his best friends from the days of early Jesus music on Full Circle. Since the day I came to you, I have never been the same. You led me to where I could hear the truth. And now I can call on your name all day. I'm alive, you forgive. Thinking of such a love 
This is Jerry Bryant. If you haven't checked out my website, do so right now. Go to www.fullcirclejesusmusic.com. That's fullcirclejesusmusic.com. Then write me and let me know what you think. My email address is at the website as well as archives of all the past shows, radio affiliate listings, pictures, so much more. And if you would be willing to financially help with our next show, please give using the PayPal button on the webpage. Any gift is appreciated one time or on a regular basis. Thanks. In 1984, Phil's old friend, Randy Stonehill, asked him to sing on a special song he was recording called Who Will Save the Children? Now this duet would serve as a theme song for Compassion International, and both artists remain committed supporters of this ministry up to the present day. Phil talked about how he first came to be introduced to Compassion and the impact it's made on his life and those he has sponsored. It came about by way of uh, our meeting, LaRue Anderson, who's a really close friend of ours. He lives in Colorado, and he works for uh, International Bible Society as well. I think we were at a concert where I was playing with Sweet Comfort Band and out in California, and we got to meet, and, and that was in 81. 83, I joined Randy on his song, Who Will Save the Children? I recorded that with him. We went to Haiti and sang it for the kids down there, and Edric was one of the first children, one of the first children that Bernadette and I began to sponsor, and we've been sponsoring still ever since. Uh, Randy's been a real strong voice for compassion. He should get a gold medal, you know, he probably already has. It's been great to feel included in the roster of artists over the years to represent compassion. I met a young lady in her 20s from the Philippines who, uh, when she met me at one of the GMA events, Michelle, uh, she's at the time about 27 years old. She uh, was rescued and taken to a Compassion Project in the Philippines. Saved her life physically and emotionally and spiritually. And she got a great education. She went on to uh, get great grades and she came to America, went to a university, passed with flying colors, and she went back eventually to, to have her own ministry in the Philippines. But when she met me, she got tears in her eyes. She says, it was at a Phil Kagey concert that I got my sponsors, you know, and she just was so full of gratitude. It touched me deeply. I've got a little video of us meeting. Your generosity to help a child can change their life, not just provide the basics, but actually gives them a hope and a future. So Compassion has done a great job around the world, and I'm proud to be associated with them. Randy's done a great job. So has so many others. The, the late, great uh, Mike Johnson was one of the first artists I ever met that was a musician for Compassion. May uh, their ministry and work continue. From the Randy Stonehill album, Celebrate This Heartbeat, Randy and Phil with Who Will Save the Children. Cry for all the innocent ones Born into a world that's lost its heart For those who never learn to dream Because their hope is crushed before they can start And we shake our fists at the air 
And say, if God is love, how can this be fair? But we are his hands, we are his voice We are the ones who must make the choice And if it isn't now, tell me when If it isn't you, then tell me Children. 
Welcome back, everybody. This is Jerry Bryant. And we just heard from Randy Stonehill and my very special guest, Phil Kagey, with Who Will Save the Children. And speaking of children, the next song featured just happens to be called Sunday's Child, which was also a collaborative songwriting effort with Randy Stonehill and served as the title track of Phil's tribute to the pop rock sound of the 1960s. Along with the use of vintage instruments and production techniques, Phil was able to procure Ringo Starr's drum kit for the recording of the album for an even more authentic sound. It also sported an album cover that resembled the classic image on the 1963 album with the Beatles, which was the Fab Four second studio recording. You can also get a feel for Randy's involvement in the lyrics when they sing, Since she's met the King of Hearts, they call her Sunday's Child. Some of you may remember, Randy had a song on his first album called King of Hearts. Here's Phil to tell us more about this classic song. Well, Sunday's Child is uh, a duet, and Randy Stonehill and I collaborated on that piece together. We were writing a, a few songs at the same time, around that time, Walking Two Worlds, and might have been another one, and he recorded on that Sunday's Child album with me. He's scattered throughout the album here and there. Uh, but we had a blast doing I remember doing the demo you know, on an 8-track machine with him in California. And uh, it was great. In fact, the demo's got so much energy. We captured that with the band, with Mike Mead on drums and Rick Kua on bass, and uh, Randy played on it too, I believe. And yeah, that was, that was a good album. Then later down the road, Randy and I recut the song in my room here with John Safara drumming upstairs. And then I played the bass and the guitars, and we sang it, and we just wanted to see if we could uh, do it, and we did it. Looking back to 1988, Bill Kagey and Randy Stonehill on guitar and vocals, Rick Kua on bass, Mike Mead on drums, and studio musician James Hollihan on guitars as well, all joining in on the song, Sunday's Child. Sun 
Kagi, Sunday's Child, which was in the number one spot on the charts on November the 28th of 1988 for a total of 14 weeks. Now we've reached the year of 1989 in the life of Phil Kagi. The 80s proved to be quite eventful and filled with lots of change. Phil and his wife Bernadette had two girls and one boy as well as moving three times. And that last relocation was leaving Southern California and moving to my hometown, Nashville, Tennessee, where they currently reside. 1989 was also the year in which Phil began to work on a project called Find Me in These Fields, which he produced with Lynn Nichols, who was a member of his band back in 1977. Of the 15 tracks on the album, only one wasn't written by Phil. It was called Be In My Heart. Phil tells us how he came across that song. I didn't write Be In My Heart. It was written by John Perry. I met John Perry just before I recorded the Find Me In These Fields album in 89. I think I met John at Greenbelt, at one of the Greenbelts over there. And we got to know each other and got to be friends. He connected with Lynn Nichols, and he submitted that song through Lynn Nichols to me. And I heard his demo, and I liked it very much. 
And it's, a, I believe it's a, a prayer of the church. It's, it's an old prayer of the church. Be in my heart, be in my head, be in my soul tonight. Live in my words, let it be said. It's really a well-written song, so hats off to John Perry. I reminded Phil that the song was originally recorded by Cliff Richard in 1982 for his Now You See Me, Now You Don't album. Phil's version being released in 1990 and landing in the number five spot on the charts on September the 3rd for a total of 14 weeks. Here's Be In My Heart. And coming up later, you'll get a special peek into a collaboration with one of the founders of the Promise Keeper Conferences. You don't want to miss that.
This is Jerry Bryant, and you're listening to Full Circle with my special guest, Bill Kagey. We've just heard Be In My Heart, and helping out on the background vocals was his new neighbor, Charlie Peacock, as well as his wife, Bernadette, and their two daughters, Alicia and Olivia, and his son, Ian. As you can imagine, putting this show together has been a lot of fun because I had the chance to sit down and talk in depth with Phil, covering the last 40 years of his time in Christian music. Phil's a busy man, and I really appreciated his willingness to give me some quality time. When I asked him out of all the vocal albums he has done, which was his favorite, I received an answer I didn't quite expect. A really good vocal album was 1998, the self-titled. There's some songs on there I really love, like Under the Grace. Bernadette does sing on Beneath the Bloodstained Lintel. My daughter sings on Above All Things. There were great musicians, John Hammond on drums, uh, Jackie Streets on bass, Tom Howard on keys, Steve Brewster on drums, Jerry McPherson on guitar. Tom Lonnie co-produced and engineered it and mixed it. And I thought he did a really good job. It's got some really good stuff in it. That 1998 self-titled album was the last vocal album of the decade to be released by Phil. Lacking the slick production style of the previous vocal album, True Believer, this one was capable of recapturing his usual organic live sound. Several songs reflected a Beatles influence, including Days Like You, which was his last single to receive considerable airplay as Christian Radio had been moving toward a more youth-oriented format. Instead of that single, I thought I'd highlight the song Under the Grace, which features Tom Howard on piano as well as his fine, true-to-form arrangement and conducting of the orchestra. Tom was a good friend of Phil's. In fact, it was on January 29, 2010, while hiking at Edwin Warner Park in Nashville, Tennessee, with his wife Dory. Along with Phil and his wife Bernadette, Tom suffered a fatal heart attack. It was such a sudden loss, and those who knew him still miss him today. I wrote that song in 1997. I had seen the movie Titanic and all the Hollywood aspects of it aside. The true story about the ocean liner on its maiden voyage is very dramatic. I, uh, one night, was uh, just having a hard time getting to sleep, and I noticed my precious wife just resting and sleeping uh, very sound and very at peace. And I had a lot going on in my mind. And I was thinking about that movie. I was thinking about that ship. I was thinking about all those people who lost their lives. And I just began to think about what a precious thing love is in our lives and grace. And uh, so I came down into the studio one o'clock or two o'clock in the morning and and the song came to me, Under the Grace. And it's one of those songs, just like uh, Let Everything Else Go, Spend My Life With You. Tunes like that just... um, it just seemed to flow right out of me and it's just about letting go of your burdens uh, because the Lord lifts us by his grace like he says my grace is sufficient for you in times of weakness and times of trial my grace is sufficient for you and it just gave me such a great appreciation for God's love his, his presence and that he's mindful of us and there's a part of the song where I sing and the hungry in heart seeks for its place in a home And that's what we all long for, is to belong and uh, 
to feel loved and feel covered, feel protected. And that's how I want to be. I want to be covered by the Lord, and I want to protect and cover those I love. One day I was with uh, my friend Tom Howard, and I said, hey, listen to this song I just wrote. I said, listen to this. And he was quiet throughout the whole song. And at the end, when it was over, he said, I could just see the credits running right now. I could see the credits running. He saw it could be in a movie or something like that. A high compliment coming from Tom. And so when I went to record the self-titled album back in, I believe it was 98, Tom played the piano on it, and he also arranged the string parts for the song. To me, that's with that rhythm section with John Hammond on drums and Jackie Streets on bass and Tom Howard on piano and me and Jerry McPherson on guitars. It was just, just beautiful. It was just a fantastic experience. I've known Tom Howard for a long time. He's, he's been gone nearly five years. He passed away on January 29th, 2010. A deep loss. We miss him. We think of him often. Uh, he was a great friend. He had a great laugh. He had a great sense of humor. He was also very, very sensitive and caring. He was a good husband, good father, a remarkable musician. Bernadette and I met Tom back in 1976 when uh, he came to visit uh, Freeville, New York, where we were living. And it was just a pleasure to get to know him. And uh, I feel that Tom's music should have been in movies, in my opinion. Uh, his music was just profound and encompassed so many styles and genres. He's in heaven with Jesus and uh, wife and his children miss him and his friends miss him and uh, he's remembered and uh, always appreciate Tom Howard. With a song that highlights the keyboards instead of the usual guitar work of Mr. Kagi, here's Under the Grace on Full Circle.
Under the Grace, from Phil Kagey, taken from one of his favorite vocal albums of his own. And since the release of that self-titled album, Phil has been very busy releasing five vocal albums, two reissues of older albums, two albums of mostly other people's songs, three Christmas albums, and a whopping 20 instrumental albums. And he's also done various projects with friends, including Randy Stonehill, Jeff Johnson, his bandmates from Glass Harp, as well as some independent albums with a few others. It's simply amazing how quick an hour can fly, reminiscing history of classic Jesus music on Full Circle. And with the many listeners I have to the show, may I make an honest appeal for more support? I need your prayers, your sharing with your friends, your letters of encouragement, and your financial support at this time. You can go to our website at www.fullcirclejesusmusic.com. That's fullcirclejesusmusic.com. And use the PayPal button to send your gift. Please be generous. Pay it forward. For listeners that are just now discovering this classic Jesus Music Radio Show. Thanks. As we come to a close on the second part of my two-part episode featuring the music and memories of my good friend Phil Kagey, I wanted to mention to you that you can check out what Phil is up to these days by going to his website, philkagey.com. That's philkagey.com. As you can see when you go to the website, even after 60-plus years, Phil is still going strong. He's better than ever. I thought I'd end this episode of Full Circle highlighting a song that Phil ends most of his shows with. The song is called John the Revelator. It comes from his album called Crimson and Blue. Interestingly enough, every time he plays this live, it's just a little different. But so are all of his songs in his nightly set. In fact, you could see Phil play the same show featuring the same songs ten nights in a row. And he would add or improvise something a little different for each song every night. If you've never seen him live, please try and do so. It will be a night you will never forget. My feature song is a traditional gospel blues call and response song. American gospel blues musician Blind Willie Johnson recorded John the Revelator in 1930. And subsequently, a variety of artists have recorded their renditions of the song often with variations in the verses and music. The song's title refers to the Apostle John in his role as the author of the book of Revelation. A portion of that book focuses on the opening of seven seals and the resulting apocalyptic events. Here's Phil to tell us how he happened to come upon first hearing this great song that he turned into his very own got a hold of this uh, CD by Sunhouse, and I was listening to it. It might have been Lynn Nichols who brought it to me. Say, hey, check this out. And he was just clapping and singing a cappella, you know? And I thought, that's great, you know? What if we could write our own music to it? I had never heard the song covered by anybody else, blues groups or anything. I, I could have found it, but I didn't. 
Lynn would bring me ideas, and uh, so we sat down together and we came up with with this kind of cream, kind of style thing, you know. And it just, man, it just naturally flowed, you know. Got in the studio with Phil Madeira, great B3 player, and uh, Wade Janes on bass, and John Safara on drums. Came up really good, yeah. And uh, I, I like to do it electrically, and I like to do the song acoustically. Got a live version of it that really rocks, looping and all that stuff. So I, you know, I went with the original lyrics, and I think I got a couple of the words even wrong on the original recording we did on Crimson and Blue. Bernadette and I and our daughter Olivia with Randy Stonehill, Bob Bennett, and Buck Storm, and a friend of ours, Pastor Paul Van Oy, and a group of people from his church. We visited Israel back in, I believe, 08. And uh, we visited the Isle of Patmos. We went up into what they believe to be the cave that John had the revelation, John the Apostle. And that really moved me, you know. And so I, I, I sketched out these quick verses. And that's why I have new verses to the song about John being on the Isle of Patmos. I like that it really proclaims Christ. And, and the thing is, um, I add the old verses like, well, Christ rose on Easter morning, you know, Mary and Martha came to see him. Bob Dylan used to have loads of verses on his songs. I figured I could go three, four, five. You know. Thank you. 
Bill Kagi, John the Revelator, and Phil, thanks so much for giving me all the time you did for these last two episodes. God bless. Thanks for listening. Until next time, keep your eyes to the sky and let your light shine. This is Jerry Bryant. Full Circles recorded in the Jesus Solid Rock Studios in Nashville, Tennessee. Written by Russell Baum and engineered by Jeff Kane. Full Circle is a JSR production. This is Full Circle.